Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. I hope you've been on this uh, the journey with us together in the Word. Uh, it ends today. We've been going through uh, daily devotions. That has been good. I have enjoyed that. For those of you who have uh, journeyed with us on that, if you're visiting today, my name's Carl. I'm the lead pastor here at Revival Life Church. We're expecting God to touch you today. And my job is to uh, teach you about Jesus so you can open your life to Him and have your life radically transformed into His goodness and His peace. My, my beautiful bride, I think you got the wrong lights off. Turn me on if you would. Um, my bride is with the children, so she's in town, but she likes being with the little ones. So, yeah, amen, yeah. No, no, not the, well, well now we're just turning off all kinds of stuff. Okay, there we go. We're, we're going to get it, and now we need the spots. So, any moment now. You know, when this church goes live, we're not going to have any of these problems. There we go. Now we're good. There we go. We're good. We, we've been doing um, pre-service, um, like pre-launch services to practice for about a decade. And um, any moment now, any, we're almost there. Any moment now, we're going to be like the cool churches, and um, we're going to have it all done. For now, we just follow Jesus, right? That's just, we're just, just us and Jesus. Uh, we're starting a new message series today. Amen. Put up the graphic if you would, please. Amen. Yeah, no, if one class, we all clap. That's what we do at Revive Life. Keep playing for a minute. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about the Sermon on the Mount. And so we're titling this Words from Above. And um, I, I have, I'm, 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 I'm encouraged. Let me say this. I am encouraged about Jesus. I'm not so much encouraged about people following Jesus at this moment. But I am encouraged about Jesus. And I, and I believe that Jesus, we are at a, a pivotal time in our nation, we're in a pivotal time. I'm not going to get political, so don't get that, don't get triggered, right? Uh, we're, at, we're, at a, we're at a pivotal time uh, in the body of Christ, and and we're really given an opportunity, just like the disciples were. Am I going to follow Jesus or am I going to follow the culture? And we all have to make this decision. And Jesus came with such a radical, radical message that we could think like. Why even try? Uh, there's no way I can get this right. And if you get to the place where you're trying to be a good Christian and you're like, I can't ever get this right, you finally come to the place where you can receive Jesus because you can't get this thing right. You can't get it right without the power of the Spirit. You cannot get it right without God working through you. If this is just a, 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 a bunch of sayings or laws or rules that you try to incorporate into your life, you will never get it right and you will live a life of frustration. But Jesus came to set an ideal for us to strive toward. Jesus came to welcome us into a kingdom that looks very different than the kingdom we live in now. And we are to never give up until he brings us into that kingdom. And so we're going to read out of Matthew chapter 5. If you've got your Bible, you can turn there. If not, we're going to have it up here. 
Matthew chapter 5, and over the next three weeks, we're going to go over the, all of Matthew, most of Matthew chapter 5, in what's called the Sermon on the Mount. This first part is called the Beatitudes, uh, or the, the Blesseds. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 1, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God and daughters of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And Father, we do believe and we thank you that you bless the reading of your word and we pray that you would come and make these words spirit and life, that they would stick to our soul today and transform who we are for your glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen, 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 amen. I am, um, I I have grown. Have you grown since you've met Jesus? Amen. Yes, I, I, I have, I have, I have grown and I continue to grow. And, and if you have not had any, can, can you, uh, Manuel, can you make sure that that mic is off? Is it muted? And, and, you, and if you have not had any major theological crisis since you've gotten saved, you're probably not reading the Bible, right? Because as you walk with Jesus, you are going to find out some stuff that you believed was you and not him. You are going to go from glory to glory to glory. And, and that phrase says at some point, you'll think that you reached glory, but you haven't actually gotten there yet. There's more glory ahead. And we want to position ourselves so that we are humble enough to know we don't have it all figured out yet. We're still open to God teaching us. I am convinced, and, and, I, and I love the church. I've given my life to the body of Christ. By the way, the, my wife is in Revival Kids, so if, if, you're, if you want to be within spitting distance, the front row is open. If you, want, if you want the anointing to be right there falling on you, the front row is open. And, uh, 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 so, but I am, I, I am um, the, the stream that I come out of. Come on, there it is right there, the anointing right there for you. There you go. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, there you go. There you go. There you go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Somebody's going to get it. Hallelujah. What I'm going to talk today about, Duke wrestled with this last week, uh, that he wanted to preach, but he felt a teach. And, 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 And I am going to talk today, but I don't think I'm going to say anything particularly clever. What I do believe is going to happen is the Spirit of God is going to do something in your heart today. My, amen. I, I am believing that some sort of sp- supernatural touch is going to happen to your heart in a way that is going to open the kingdom in a way you may not have seen or we need a refreshing in. I, 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 um, I am, um, the, 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 the streams that I come out of, the history of my Christianity is such 
uh, that they have greatly neglected the Scriptures. And I am convinced uh, that a good portion of the folks in my stream don't actually understand the Bible. And I have to question if they've read the whole thing. I, I mean, I, as crazy as that sounds, I, I hear messages. The problem with getting educated is you find out other people aren't. Um, and, and then you've got to figure out how to talk to people with grace who sound like they're not educated. I'll just say it that way. Um, and and I, find it, I find it challenging um, to, to interact with people who have the ability to learn but choose not to. Uh, and and um, living in ignorance is, I have, I have a low, I pray for your pastor, because I have a low tolerance for living in ignorance on purpose, right? I just have a low tolerance for it. And I am convinced um, the modern prophetic movement, if you're charismatic, if you're not charismatic, you don't know what I'm talking about, just ignore this part. The modern prophetic movement in the charismatic church is so detached from the scriptures, so detached from what God calls prophecy, and is so detached from God uh, that they, they just cannot see it because they actually believe that they are little gods. I had a, a national prophet recently reach out to me, no idea why, um, and uh, actually his staff did because he wanted to do a, something local and wanted me to uh, take part in it. And I said, wow, that's great. Um, what was your restoration like? And they're like, what are you talking about restoration? And I was like, well, you gave all these prophecies about the election and about COVID, and um, you're wrong, and we found out that you can't discern the difference between your fantasies and God's voice. And so you probably shouldn't call yourself a prophet. So what did you do to get restored to be a minister? Now, if someone calls himself a prophet and they can't discern the voice of God, we got a problem. Now, if you call someone a prophet who can't discern the voice of God, you got a problem. Amen. I just, we're just going to be real in this church. We can't, I mean, like, like if I say, you know, Natalia, I just think there's some really good times coming in the next week. I just think God has good things for you next week. And then God, and it doesn't, she's receiving it. Uh, and then he doesn't, I could be like, well, I just really felt that, you know, that's, but if I say the Lord says, don't take a vaccine and then people die, that like people are dead because of you. That's a problem. Can, can we agree? That's a problem. If people die because of your, if your ministry causes death, that might be the opposite of what Jesus was going for, right? Like, like that might not reflect God's heart, right? And um, you're like, Carl, where are you going with this? See, the Lord is going to raise up prophetic voices in this house. The Lord is raising up people who know God. Like, we may not have all the magical words. We may not have the magical songs, but we know God. We're not looking for magic. We're looking for Jesus. And we're not going to build it on the backs of suffering people. We're going to build it on helping people, helping the broken, helping the hurting, helping the suffering, because this is the heart of God. And as we look at the Sermon on the Mount, we see basically three phases, and we're going to talk about this over the next three weeks. We see Jesus talking about character, how we form our character and what our character is supposed to look like. We look at what... influence in what we do with our influence. In the third week, we're going to talk about what God calls righteousness. So we're going to talk about character, influence, and righteousness. And this is nothing new, and that's the challenging part for your pastor. And I need you to please don't judge me and forgive me because I'm dealing with some heart issues with people who call themselves shepherds but are really building their own kingdom. 
and, 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 and this is my sin. This is what I am wrestling with. But I see the sheep being fleeced, and it hurts my heart, and I get defensive. Right? And, and, and I get, I, it's, like, it's like a mama bear. It's like, you know moms. Like, I remember when we had our first child, and for some reason, people in the, in the supermarket think they can touch your kid. Like you're pushing the stroller, and like they think they can reach in, and you're like so quick with the, with the slap. Like, okay, whoa, I don't know what you think is happening here. <laughs> I know you had a baby, but it ain't this one. And only touching my child, right? Like, I don't know you. You don't know me like that, right? Like, just, right? And so I feel that way about the church sometimes. I, I see people that I love who are in confusion because of people, and, and, and God, God has not actually changed, right? Um, and, and, and there has been a long, long history, if, especially if you um, are looking to try to understand um, the character of God today. And I don't have a long time to, to, to unpack this, but um, the Old Testament, there is an unfolding of the character of God. Early on, we, get, we see people getting it wrong, a lot, like, and they're trying to superimpose onto God their own ideals about who God should be. Like, God, come give us a king. And God's like, no, that's not how I operate. No, 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 give us a king. And so there's like, look, it's God's king. And God's like, I didn't want you to have a king, right? And as we, as we progress in the Old Testament, we see this unfolding of the revelation of God in scriptures, right? And, and so if you study what we call the minor prophets, you start really seeing the character of God and his heart towards people who are oppressed. And we look in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, and this is, this is what God has said all along. He has told you, O oh man, what is good. Now, this is, this is something that we should know. What does God call good? Because that's what is actually good. What God calls good is good. What God calls bad is bad. Not what we think is good and what we think is bad. It's what yeah. we, we, we conform to what God thinks is good and bad. He has told you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? And people ask me all the time, okay, I'm saved. What do I do now? Oh, it hasn't changed. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God. Do justice, do justice. Don't just be just, do justice. Love kindness, walk humbly. Now, I, again, have heart issues, right? I am not fully healed pray for your pastor, because we see a whole lot of ministers that don't look anything like this. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the smartest tool in the shed, right? Not the sharpest tool in the shed. I sometimes just scroll through Twitter, and, uh, and, and, and I see people who call themselves pastors who have no clue that God wants them to be kind. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They see people that they think have a, a specific egregious sin, and since they have a specific sin, they think it's okay to be nasty to them. But the scripture hasn't changed that we're to be kind. What does the Lord require of you to love kindness, walk humbly, and do justice? Now, now, now we're going to unpack this a little bit. Put that up if you would. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly. If, you, if you're like, I, I want God to change my life, begin to pray for this. I want to do justice, love kindness, walk humbly. What, 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 what does that mean? And can we even do this? But this is what God is looking for. And, and I have a whole message series on this that um, about two years old. It's on our YouTube page. It's also in our, um, on our website. I talked about this for, I don't know, a couple months 
uh, because I wasn't seeing it in the church, but uh, we're going to still keep plowing around here. But let's unpack this really quickly if we could. Do justice. Now, we know that justice and righteousness in both the Old and New Testament are the same word. They are the same word used, depending on how uh, they're used, uh, kind of tells us what specifically, what aspect of it God is talking about. But we see in Proverbs 21, verse 3, he said, God says this, to do righteousness and justice is desired by the Lord more than sacrifice. Can you turn me down one bit? I'm, I'm ringing a little bit for some reason. Just, just, just a touch, just a hair, just a hair. To do justice, to do righteousness and justice is desired by the Lord more than sacrifice. Now, I, 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 I want you, again, I want to get this in your spirit. Sometimes we think what God really wants is me to be miserable. God wants me to give something up. God wants me to do less of something. God wants, God wants me to sacrifice uh, a certain thing. And, and because our Christianity, a lot of times, is focused on us. And so if I want to get closer to God, I have to do something internally. But, but, the, but the Scripture is clear on what God is looking for. To do righteousness and justice is desired more than sacrifice. Are you following me right now? So I want to be closer to God. What, what, how do you get closer to God? Well, interest yourself in the things that interest God. Get involved in the things that God is involved in. Take part in the things that Jesus is taking part in. Set free some people that God wants to set free. I always tell people, if you want to learn your spiritual gifts, witness to the lost. If you're like, I, don't, I see the nine spiritual gifts, and I want to know, do I have prophecy? Do I have tongues, interpretations? Do I have words of wisdom? Words? Well, here's what you do. Uh, let's see. The father gave his son for the lost. That's how much he cares about them. And so when you witness to the lost, the Holy Ghost absolutely will show up. And he will use you in the way you were created to be used. Be it healing, be it miracles, whatever it is, God's going to put it on your heart. And that is, how you, that is the easiest way to discover your spiritual gift. Get involved in what God's involved in. And then God begins to start working through you. But we keep saying, you know, look at my sacrifice, God. Look at everything I gave up for you. And God's like, hey, I'm looking for acts of justice. I'm looking for you to actually do acts of justice. It's going to get uncomfortable for a second for some people, but I hope it won't. Um, Tyree Nichols was murdered. And... Uh, does, does anybody hate people being murdered by our police? Does that, does that like bother anybody else in the room? Gosh, that's, I mean, and people are like, oh, don't get political. Like, what does that have to do with politics? People are murdered. Like, that's bad, right? Like, in, it's not the first one. And you can look at this, and, and um, I, if you haven't seen the video, don't. Like, you're not going to gain anything by watching it. I, I'm sorry. It, maybe... I don't know. Maybe your heart is so hardened that you can watch people be murdered and it bother you. I'm not there, right? I read about it and that was enough for me to seek the Lord's comfort. I, I would just, it, it broke my heart. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, a young man was pulled over for a traffic stop and uh, many, many police came on the scene and then he died. Oh, he didn't die. He was murdered. Um, no weapon. No. And, and so, and so um, you can look at that and, and that's in another city and you see this trend, and you're like, the problem is so big. What can I do about this? 
Like, pastor, look, 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 look how the poor are treated. Or look, 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 at, look, at, look what's happened in third world countries. Or I tell people about Jesus, and they're like, well, what about people in Africa? And I'm like, hey, that, that's, um, you can't fix all that. that that's, it's not you know, either you fix Africa or you do nothing. right? It's not either you stop the government killing people or, or you do nothing. It's not you rescue every woman from sex trafficking or you do nothing. It's not, it's not in the scriptures. Um, what, 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 what can you do about this? I, I remember, man, three years ago, I remember talking to uh, Rich in my driveway being like, am I crazy? Am I the only one who sees the problem here? And Rich was like, no, no, you're not the only one. But it was almost like, it was almost like, like, like the church had lost its mind and didn't think God cared about justice anymore. When it's all over the scriptures, God really cares about hurting people. I mean, that's why he saved you, because you needed him. He really cares about hurting people, and it doesn't matter why they're hurting. And I remember, like, what, what do we, like, I don't understand, like, what people are missing here. And, um, and, and, and so we say, you know, what, 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 what can I do to change the world? And so we think, okay, maybe I can stop sex trafficking, or maybe I can start. No, that's not actually where you start. What's going to change the world are Christians understanding what we are called to do. And it's the little things that you do in your life that shifts the culture on a bigger level. I, I, I just think about being in a workplace where people freely share off-color jokes and make women uncomfortable. And you're the one who says, I don't understand the joke. Can you explain it to me? I've taught my daughter this. When someone says a joke and it's off-color or sexual in nature and they laugh, you look the man in the face and say, I don't understand. Can you explain that to me? I'm sorry, I missed the joke. Can you, can you explain that to me? Explain, no, help me understand what was funny. I'm, I'm sorry, I missed that. Can you explain it? And the discomfort there is conviction. Can you explain that to me? Someone's telling racist jokes. You're like, I, I don't get it. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. You know, I don't. Talk about Muslims. I don't, I'm sorry, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't get the joke there. What, I'm sorry, what was that? It's, it's little acts of righteousness that, that shift the atmosphere. It, it's, it's little acts of, oh, you're joking about cheating on your wife. I don't, I'm sorry, what? I don't, not something I would actually do or find funny. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't, maybe I don't get it. What's, can you explain it to me? Because that's not who I am. Like, you understand, it's, 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 it's if Christians actually behave like Christians, Kindness, righteousness, justice, but, but, but being vocal and saying, you know, no, actually, that's, that's, that's not, I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm telling for me, no. No, that's, there's actually, I've found a better way. That's not how, and, 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 you know, our God requires us to say something when we are in circumstances of injustice. Amen. Your God requires you to say, it's not just salvation or nothing. And it's not you judging other people. It's you letting it be known, yeah, that doesn't really line up with my moral code. I don't, I don't understand. Is, is that how you live? I'm sorry, is that, is that, is that how you live? Because I'm, I'm married and I want to stay married and that requires me to live differently than that. Amen? Does this make sense? I hope this isn't too heavy. I hope this is making sense. And, and so when he says to us, do justice, 
doing justice doesn't mean you have to reform the justice system. Doing justice doesn't mean you have to tear down the military-industrial complex. Doing justice doesn't mean you have to stop sex trade in Thailand. Doing justice starts with you being a moral person and advocating for those who are being taken advantage of. Amen? The greatest act of justice God ever did was send His Son to die on a cross for sinners. God said, man, these, these people are away from God because of their own sin. I'm going to do something about that. I will make that my problem. And I will send my son to die on a cross so that they can come into relationship with me. He, he didn't wag his finger at us. He actually sent someone to help. And it wasn't popular. But it's worked out for me pretty good. Uh, hopefully, if it hasn't worked out for you yet, we'll have a pray, prayer at the end of service where you can come into this and it can work out for you as well. Amen? And so we have this do justice, uh, love kindly, kindness, and walk humbly. And so he says, love kindness. We see in Psalm 37, 26, all day long he is gracious and lends, and his descendants are a blessing. Now, we are to be a blessing everywhere we go. Now, I... I I'm blessed. Are you blessed? I, I am blessed. I'm a blessed person. The blessing of God sits on my life. Now, we have this concept of blessing in the West that blessing is the same thing as getting something. You know, uh, half-price latte, hashtag blessed, right? And that's, it's... Now, if, the, if a half a latte is a blessing in your life, that's, I'm happy, uh, but I want something way more than that, right? Like the blessing I'm walking in, Half-price latte doesn't come close to what I'm looking for, right? Like, it is, like, I'm looking to walk with God in the cool of the day. I'm looking to understand the mysteries of God. I'm looking to, to see into the future. I am looking to, I'm looking to pass down a blessing to generations. I'm happy if you're at the half a latte level, come up. Come up higher, right? Like, I have, I have dreams and aspirations. I have so many that I can just give you some of mine. I have so many. Like, I'm happy that it's just financial for you, that you can look at a blessing there. But it is, that is like, if that's not even the corner of blessing, that's not even the crumbs of blessing. Blessing is walking in the presence of God in a life that God has sanctified and calls blessed. That the, that the creator of heaven and earth looks at and says, oh, that is blessed. I have blessed that. My blessing sits on that, right? And this is, this is what we want. This is what we want to attract. This is what we want to walk in. And the psalmist said, like, you know, don't, we're not looking just to be good. We're looking to be kind. And kindness means that you have enough in your tank that you don't need other people to be kind to you in order to be kind to them. That means that you are so blessed, you are so abundantly filled with God that even those who treat you wrong, you're able to be kind toward. You're walking in a level of healing that you don't, you don't require anything from anyone else in order for you to act the way God has created you to act. You are detached from other people's behavior because your behavior is connected to your relationship with God. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? This is, this is the kind of kindness he's looking for. And then he says, walk humbly. And uh, Duke almost used my scripture. I was going to use it earlier. And at the last minute, I changed it. And so that's the same spirit right there. But Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting in verse 11, he says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes, which I commanded you today. Now, now 
these people are coming into a blessing. And I tell you, nothing will steal your blessing like coming into a blessing. Nothing will steal your relationship with God like getting blessed. Hallelujah. I'm not going to go there. I'm, 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 I'm not even done with my intro. So I don't got time for this right now. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances which is, and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold multiply and all that you have multiplies, then your heart will become proud and you'll forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. This is a word for Boca in South Florida right here, amen? This this is a word for us. People get God's prosperity, and they start thinking that they're something. Now, I'm I'm just going to, let me just talk here for a second. Um, um, There's a difference between um, knowing who you are and being proudful. Being prideful, right? Um, I, I really don't want to be a prideful person, um, but I know who God has called me to be. I know what sits on my life, right? Uh, I know what God has called me to do. And I know that those who will listen and those who come under, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, just understand what I'm saying by this, who come under the covering here, begin to walk in a level of prosperity. I have seen it many times. I have seen many people who come into my ministry unemployed, without papers, and in a couple years own successful businesses and have papers. Like, I have seen this, like, I have seen this many times. I have seen people go from renting and broke to owning houses. Like, I have seen this. A lot. I've seen it enough to know that this is partially how God moves through me. I wish it were me, because then I would do, I'd like set up a web page, direct you to the program for $199.95, right? Like that would work out, five easy payments. But it's, but it's, but it, it's not me. It's, I, it's not me. It's, it's just what God does through me. Just a broke kid who grew up in the, the hood of Delray somehow moved to Boca, owns a house, and people who listen get blessed. I mean, just that I don't, I don't, I don't get it, but it happens. Amen? I, I know it so much that now, like when, when I first started praying for people, I, I, have a, I have a gift that I pray for missionaries and their finances turn around, like miraculously and quickly. And it happens so quickly now, I don't even wait for a word. When I, when I meet missionaries, I ask them about their finances, and if they're broke, I say, you know, the Lord has given me a gift, and I pray for missionaries, and they, their finances turn around. And people, I've had so many tell me, well, I don't, you know, like, <laughs> like they have no faith. And I'm like, well, you don't need faith, because I got faith. Amen. Like, you'll understand, I know what I walk in. Like, this is, this is, this is going to work. And then I pray for them, and then they call me, and they're like, you're not going to believe this. And I'm like, actually, I will. I will absolutely <laughs> believe this. Like, I've never had any sponsors or any, I have nobody joined my ministry. And in the last two weeks, I have enough money to live on. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what God does. I just, I, just, I just see that, right? 
And why, why do I tell you this? Because I have seen so many people come under this blessing and think it's them and walk away from God. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen this scripture come to pass because they have not come against the idol of wealth in South Florida. Idolatry is not just something Israel dealt with. I've seen more prideful Christians who, because they have a nice car in the parking lot, think they're somehow spiritual giants. Like, and then they judge Israel. I'm like, you, you don't need to leave your house to find that. The idolatry of dressing up for church. Like, I want you to look nice. I like to look nice, you know. Okay, I like to look nice. Come on. And so, you know, you know, I'm, you know, you know, I'm trying to work it a little bit here, you know, but, 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 you know, you could have whatever you want if you have enough money. Like, that doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't say anything about you other than that you have money. And if that is your God, it is, money is a very terrible God. It is a great tool. It is a terrible God. But I've seen so many people come into money and lose God. And I wonder, you know, let me just say that. It's coming for you. Guard your heart so you stay in the blessing. You don't want to gain money and lose your family. You you don't want to gain financial stability and lose your salvation. Like, this is not something you want. Like, like you would like your kids to grow up blessed. And, I'm, and, I, and I've just seen too many people, you just see what's going to happen to their children because they've made money an idol. And I've seen people who have lots of money and they don't act like they have lots of money because it doesn't equate to their identity. That's character. Are you with me? And so this is, this is what God is looking for. Um, just, let me just pray that real quick. Can I just pray that real quick? Actually, actually, this is what I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break things up a second. If you are house poor, like if you, if, if you need a breakthrough in housing, if you need a breakthrough in housing, I want you to stand up. We're going to pray. Amen. Now we're going to have the prayer team pray for these folks. And the prayer team is whoever's sitting near them. Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, it is not your will. It is not your will that people have less home than they need. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for every person here who does not have the housing they need. Come on, pray with me, church. Pray with me, church. Pray out loud. Use words. Stretch your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, act like it's you who needs somewhere to live. I want you to pray like it was you because if you're part of the bride of Christ, it is you. It is you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask for justice to be done. We ask for righteousness in this regard, that there would be a breakthrough in housing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would make a way where there is no way, Father. You own, you say where you go, you make mansions for everybody. So you're in the house building business. So Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would make a way for housing for everyone in this house who needs housing in the mighty name of Jesus. We command every foul and wicked spirit to come off of that thing and that your blessings would flow in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give a clap offering to God. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Good job. Good job. Will you agree with me and say it's done? Come on, I, I just, come on. Come on, there's going to be breakthrough. There's breakthrough. I just...
I feel the compassion of the Lord on it. I feel the compassion of the Lord on it. This is the backdrop of the ministry of Jesus. This, 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 this kindness, this justice, this, this, this um, walking in humility. That we remember it is the God that brought us here. It is God that brought us here. It is Jesus who constantly was talking about this. And this is the prophetic backdrop of when he came on the scene. He didn't come on the scene doing something like, I'm switching everything. No, no. He came on the scene talking about, you guys are missing this in the character of my father. You are missing in what I've called you to do. The Bible says that when Abraham got called by God, the promise on Abraham was that he would be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. This, is, this, 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 is, this was the call. All the nations of the earth will be blessed. And so as we look at this Sermon on the Mount, as we look at these Beatitudes, not only do we have to look at the large prophetic picture of who God has been historically, let's look at the book of Matthew and what led us up to here. Now, as you've read the Bible, and I know you all are spending all your free time studying the book of Matthew, so I'm telling you things you already know, but just for those who might be watching online or those who can't read, I'm just going to go over it a little bit. In Matthew chapter 4, we see that um, you know, Jesus had just been baptized by John the Baptist, and he um, was taken by the Spirit into the wilderness. I don't have time to talk about that. I've talked about it a lot, but some of you are in the wilderness because God's got you there to learn something. But he's going to bring you out when you learn, so pay attention and let God do something in your life. Amen. Because you are coming out of the wilderness if you stay focused on Jesus. And so Jesus is in the wilderness uh, to, and, and the Bible says he's there to be tempted by the devil. And you can only be tempted by things you want, right? If you find out what's tempting you, there's something in you that wants it, right? So let's deal with the heart issue, not just the actions, right? But Jesus was tempted by things he was actually called to do. The problem was the enemy was tempting him to do things other than God's way, right? And the first thing the, the enemy goes after is Jesus' identity. And he says to him, if you are the Son of God, turn these stones to bread. Now, Jesus has been fasting for 40 days, so you know he was hungry. Amen. Yeah. Right? Like, I like to fast in between every meal. Like, that's generally because I get hungry. I get very hungry. And I sanctify a fast to the Lord when I go to bed at night. And then I break the fast in the morning with breakfast. Right? Like, this is... This, because I get hungry, like, like, I, and so I just try to, I try to sanctify some of these non-eating times for God, right? And so, but, and so they're like, so you know Jesus was hungry, it was 40 days, right? And he says, if you are the son of God, then do this. And, and, and um, what the enemy was trying to get him to do was get him to forfeit his identity, his prophetic destiny of being a suffering servant. See, he was going to tempt him like he's called to be a suffering servant. But the enemy was saying, if you're really the son of God, you should never have to suffer. Use your powers to not suffer. And we do that all the time. God's got you in a little bit of a test. And we're like, God, if you were really God, I wouldn't have to go through this hard time. God, I've been tithing for almost two weeks now. And I don't own a house yet, you know. God, I gave my, some of my life to you. And, and yet I don't, I gave, 
the parts I didn't like, I let you have Lord over. And, um, but, you know, we get the same temptations. And, and, and the enemy is after your identity, right? So that was the first thing. The second thing, he, he says he texts him to the, the top of the temple. And he says, listen, you know, you know, if you are, go ahead and jump off this temple because the Bible says that you won't be hurt. And basically, the enemy was trying to tempt Jesus into telling the Father what to do in the temple. And like, no, 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 the Father is in charge of, of this whole thing, right? And then he took him to a high mountain, the Bible says. And he said, if you worship me, the devil says, if you worship me, all these kingdoms will be yours. And if, <laughs> if you worship me, if you worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. Why is that a temptation? Because Jesus called you the King of kings and Lord of lords. And the enemy was trying to give him a shortcut. And Jesus is like, I don't, I don't think you know who I am. I remember when you fell like lightning, right? Like, like I, don't, I don't, but what he's saying is, if you, if you betray God, then I will give you what you really want. And, 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 and if you're new to Christ, let me tell you this. If you have to betray God to get a blessing, it's not a blessing. If you have to sin to get ahead, you're falling behind. There's only shortcuts to destruction. There aren't shortcuts to the kingdom. Jesus is working on your character, and that takes time. And if you think that sin is going to get you ahead, you are going to find out that you're going to have to deal with that at some point. Don't, don't, don't be tempted by these lies. And so in that backdrop, Jesus comes out of the wilderness being tempted, but not falling for the temptation. He ministers, gets some get some disciples, and then he does his first sermon. And his first sermon is this one. It's the sermon, where is it? On a mountain. You see, the enemy took Jesus on a mountain and says, if you follow me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. And Jesus is like, you'll understand, in a couple days I'll be on the mountain already. But here's the difference. The enemy was trying to tempt Jesus to say, when you get on the mountain, it'll all be yours. But Jesus got on the mountain and says, I'm trying to give it all away. You see this. I'm not trying to collect power. I'm trying to empower those who are under the curse of the enemy. The enemy knew that Jesus was going to set people free. And he was trying to get them to stay in bondage. But Jesus is like, I'm about to be on a mountain. But when I'm on that mountain, I'm going to be able to give away God's blessings to people who don't have it yet. See, the American mindset is, 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 is it's like a contract. We look at the Beatitudes, we look at our relationships with God as a, as, as a contract, like Jesus made a, a contract with us. And if we do something, then God will do something. But Jesus is trying to teach a kingdom reality. First, he's talking to the people of his day, right, who, who thought that money equaled blessing from God, that those who had money were more blessed. Uh, but it's actually the opposite. Jesus was trying to say, the way you look at the relationship with God is completely opposite of how it is. As a matter of fact, I want to help people who are hurting, and the more people you're taking advantage of to get rich, the closer I am to them, and the farther I am from you. Right? They're, they're, God has no problem with you making money. He, he does have a problem with what you're doing with the money you're making. He has no problem with you making money. He does have a problem with what you're doing to get the money. 
if you have to take advantage of somebody to get wealth, then you've made yourself farther from God and you've made them closer to God. This is the Jesus who came for the poor. I want you, I want you to get this in your spirit. There's, there's something Jesus is trying to do here so that we can understand how to walk in God's peace and God's blessing. He, 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 was, he was carrying on the work of the prophets that we talked about earlier. The writings of the prophet Amos, if you read the book of Amos, God, God condemns the practice of the wealthy in Israel who build up and hoarded wealth at the expense of the poor. And God shows compassion for the poor who are being oppressed. It's, it's the main theme of the book of Amos. You read the book of Hosea, God is, says, he says, he says the, the people say, I have become rich I found wealth for myself and all my labors. They will find in me no wrongdoing, which would be sin. You see, I'm wealthy, so that means that what I'm doing is right. I'm wealthy, so what I'm saying must be right. I must be smarter than other people because I've learned how to take advantage of people for wealth. I've found the people hardest to reach with the gospel who are those who are self-made millionaires because they have become self-made God. I need you to hear me. I am not saying people with money cannot be reached for the gospel. We have people in this house with money who love Jesus. Love Jesus. But it's hard. Jesus said it's hard. He said it's hard for rich people to get into heaven. And he's not talking about money there. He's talking about the pride that comes with wealth. Because we worship wealth. Like, if you were to look at the people your age, whatever age group you're in, and you would go into society, Go into America, go into Boca, go into South Florida, and you say, who are your idols? Who are the people you look up to? Most of the church have the exact same role models as people who don't know Jesus. That's a problem. That is a problem. Now, if you're a businessman and you're looking up to a businessman who has good business practices, but if you're looking up to the businessman because he has money, you got problems. If you're looking at what he's doing and you want to simulate it because you want a successful business, no problem. But if you want to be like him because he has money, you got problems. Are you understanding the difference here? I know I might be dragging this on, but God is going to do something. He's got to prepare us for the wealth he wants to bring. Revelation chapter 3, Jesus says the same thing to the church. Watch this in verse 17. He says, because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Can you imagine if Jesus called you wretched? That hurt my heart a little bit. That would hurt my ego just a little bit. Despite their Christian profession, this church was not Christian at all. It was self-satisfied and superficial. They thought they were rich, but they were blind beggars. And that is the worst place to be in. At least if you're in jail, you know you need help. At least if you're in rehab, you know you need some help. At, at least if, 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 if your marriage is on the rocks, you know something needs to change here. But when everything is going right in the natural, it takes a certain level of character to say, I still desperately need Jesus. I desperately need God. I desperately need His voice. I desperately need His presence. Because none of this money matters in eternity. You cannot take it with you. The only thing from this life that you will bring with you to heaven are the relationships you create here. That is it. Amen, Pastor. Good word. 
Amen. Here the question is, do you know Jesus? And I ask people this, do you know Jesus? And the worst thing is, do you want to know Jesus? And many have no desire at all because they do not recognize where their heart is. And so the Sermon on the Mount, it's, it's not a checklist to make sure you're doing the right thing. It's a foundation of Christian character. And this starts with seeing ourselves correctly. Last week, Duke talked about how Satan uses offense to cut us off from God's grace. That was a good word, right? He preached a good word, right? Can we just give a hand? Good word. Offense. Man, we get offended and it cuts us off from God's grace. And, 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 and this pride is what caused Satan to fall. And, and, and we have to be on guard against it. Psalm 15 says this, O Lord, who may abide in your tent. We talked about this at the beginning of service. Do you want to abide with the Lord or do you just want to visit him? I want to live in God's house. Who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks with integrity, works righteousness, and speaks truth in his heart. This is who walks with God. This is where I want to live. And, 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 and um, Augustine Hippo said this. Put up this graphic if you would. All other vices are to be apprehended when we are doing wrong. But pride is to be feared even when we do right actions. Lest those things that are done in a praiseworthy manner be spoiled by the desire for praise itself. Michael David and I talked about this recently. There better be some things you didn't get a reward for on earth. Or there's no reward waiting for you in heaven. Pride is always manifested in how we compare ourselves to others. Jesus says you got to get out of that system of comparing yourself to other people. you got to break this cycle because you only compare yourself to try to find good things by comparing yourself to other things. But you never win in the comparison game. Instead of trying in this comparison game, Let's shift the atmosphere a little bit. And put up my next graphic if you would. Here's what we're constantly trying to get. We're trying to become more rich, more popular, and more powerful. This is what Satan wants you to desire in your life. To be more rich, more popular, and more powerful. Jesus comes with his Beatitudes and says, hey, let's shift this a little bit. Next slide, please. And he says, here's what I want you to go for. I want you to be more desire to be more generous, desire to be more humble, and desire to be more empowering. In order to be generous, you got to have something to give. And God gives seed to the sower. Amen? In order to be humble, there's going to have to be something in your life that you have to be humble about. In order to be empowering, there has to be power that is given to you, that you empower others. And as you seek to be these things, God gives you everything you need. This is what I talked about evangelism. When you talk to people who don't know God, God gives you what that person needs. When you, when you decide in your heart, I am going to be a bridge between heaven and earth for those who don't know God, God gives you the spiritual ability to connect other people with heaven through gifts of the Holy Spirit. But if you just want to be able to stand on stage and be the magic maker, 
to be the super popular speaker, then you've got to start manipulating things your way. And they aren't real gifts at all. And they don't remain. Are, 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 you, are, you, are you tracking with me here? And so Jesus started this whole man-God thing, like I said, with a promise to Abraham that you'll be a blessing to the whole world. And in that season, in that period, the poor, they were afflicted and unable to rescue themselves from their troubles. And we have to be real and discover our own spiritual poverty. Prosperity is coming for people in this house. But if you're going to keep it, you have to understand God's love for the poor. You have to understand God's love for the broken, the hurting, the merciful, and the peacemakers. This is why he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Have you ever, um, I'm going to stretch some of your theology. Now, I'm not talking about salvation, all right? I'm not talking about salvation right now. The Bible says that God reigns on the just and the unjust, right? Now, gravity is a law created when God created the heavens and the earth, right? Gravity works no matter what you use it for. Gravity works for the wicked. Gravity works for the righteous, right? Uh, God puts a grace on people when you have a child. When you have a child, there's a love that comes in your life that is supernatural. And you're willing to like not sleep for a very long time for a person who does not deserve it, right? Like, you just got here and you like, you want more than anybody who's been here. Like, but God does that whether you're a prostitute or you're a pastor. He puts that grace on everybody, right? And so you look at people who, who seek a lifestyle of kindness, no matter their religion, they somehow come into peace. Have you noticed that? And so people, like, they, they, they flock to, like, these New Age religions or Eastern religions because they put this emphasis on peace, which just so happens to be something God really loves. And they find out, if I live peaceable, if I live gentle, if I live kind, I live with more peace. Why? Because whoever gets involved in that gets that grace. The 12-step program works because the Bible says whoever humbles himself gets grace. God gives grace to the humble. He doesn't say he gives grace to the humble Christian. He gives grace to the humble. And people who humble themselves get grace. Where prideful get nothing but problems. And so whoever takes part in humility gets more grace. Now, we're not, this is not soteriological, right? This is not about salvation. This is about what God blesses. And so I want to live a life here that Jesus says is blessed. You're like, and he's talking to people who are taking advantage of poor people to get wealthy because they were convinced that the wealthy are close to God. Now, I need you to see this, and then I'm going to call up the worship team. And if you get a revelation of this, I'll feel like I accomplished something. It's easy for us to judge the people of the Old Testament because we don't understand them. And we don't see ourselves in them. These people wanted to be close to God. And they saw that God blessed some people financially. And so they came to the conclusion that those who are financially prosperous are close to God. 
and they want to be close to God, and so they would do whatever it takes to get prosperous. And it got so perverted that they would take advantage of the poor so they would be prosperous, so they would be seen right with God. Do you, do you, do you see that? Yeah. And that is the wicked trap. And Jesus came on his own to let him know, no, that, that is not how it works. I'm actually with the poor. Now, why would he say that? Well, God has a, Jesus has a special heart for the poor. We see that. It's very, very clear that he has a preferential, preferential love for the poor. But he had to tell these people, like, the people you're taking advantage of, like, I love them. And it's not okay that you're doing this. How you're making money is a problem. And so how you make your money matters. How you treat your employees matters. If, oh God, this is Carl, not the Lord. If you have become a millionaire off your employees and they're barely getting by, that needs to bother your conscience. When will you have enough? I'm speaking that to people who will be millionaires. Why, you know, like, how much money do you actually need in this life? How much money do you need? The CEO of Starbucks is making $12 million a year. And he said, like, if we pay our employees a living wage, you know, like, how about you give out some of your $12 million? Like, how, how many do you need? That's a million dollars a month. Who needs a million dollars a month? It's not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to meddle in your business affairs. But at some point, you've got to say, that's probably enough money. Um, how about we help some other people out? How about we live Christian? How about we just be Christians? Right? And so watch this now. We all agreed with what I just said. We all have an abundance we could be blessing somebody with. I'm not standing here to judge the CEO of Starbucks. I'm not the CEO of Starbucks. But I am Carl living in Boca Raton that I can bless people with what God has given me. And so if we want to change the world, come on up, worship team. If we're going to change the world, you got to start changing your world. You, 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 if you say, I, when I become rich, I'll start doing that. No, you never will. It starts today that we decide that we are going to line up with what God calls blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is what I want. We follow a Savior who made himself poor so that we can become rich. And I'm not even talking about money. He was separated from God so we could be connected to God. This is the God we serve. And this makes no sense to us in the natural. Go ahead for me. This makes no sense in the natural. But this is the kingdom of God. And what I, what I hope to do today is to provoke you a little bit. Number one. Number two, I hope that I've encouraged you that you can become righteous and just in your life. That if you look, you will find the needy person in your circle. 
And if you don't have any needy people in your circle, you'll look harder. Somebody needs encouragement. Somebody needs a meal. Somebody needs some hope. Somebody needs the gospel. And as you're going to another prayer meeting or watching another service online, trying to get another blessing, I hope that you'll shift your focus and try to give away a little of the blessing you already have. And watch God multiply it in return. There's a world that needs the gospel. There's a world that needs the good news. And the good news is not just that there's a way to escape hell. The good news is that we have a very good God who sent his son to die on a cross for us. 1 Corinthians 1 says this, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Friend, you have the power of God in your life. I don't need to reform the police in Mississippi. I, I, I don't need to reform Starbucks. That's none of my business. And Lord, forgive me. I, I was not, forgive me for speaking words of judgment against that man. I don't know his heart. I don't know what he does with money. I don't know any of that. It's none of my business. I know what I do with my money. And I know what I do with the people in my life. And I hope that you're being generous with the people in your life. Stand with me if you would. Hallelujah. 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 I feel something happening in the room right now. I feel something happening in the room. Bring them up a little bit, if you would, Manuel. My, my, my goal today was to show you how God cares about those people and instead of judging the people treating them wrong decide that you're going to find those people in your life and you're going to treat them right Christianity is about how you treat the people in your life starting with your neighbor if you're married your neighbor is the person who sleeps next to you you got kids it's your kids and then it's literally the people who live next door the people you work with your actual neighbor how are you going to bless these people in your life why did God put you in their life and how are you supposed to be a blessing shake up put it all the way up there uh, my mom. and so I'm going to pray I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Just go ahead and pray in the spirit for a second. Father, in the name of Jesus, what we're looking for 
Manuel, you can bring them all the way up now. Father, what we're looking for is a heart change today. Father, we, we, we need some help. Ah, Father, we want to be everything you've called us to be because I want to be blessed. I want to walk in the presence and power of God. I want to be deeply, deeply formed by your love. I want to be a reflection of your goodness. A reflection of your heart. Father, I, I, I want to be one that you can count on. That if a person comes in my, in my life, you can trust that I'm going to minister to that need. That I recognize that God has all the provision I need to help those around me. And I make myself available to you. Now, I want you to pray that in your own words. We're all at a different place. a different place in our walk. So maybe you're at a place where you just need to say, you know what? God is God and I'm not. I need to give Him my life. I need to become a follower of Christ. And if that's you, I just want you to pray that with your mouth right now. Lord Jesus, I'm deciding today I'm going to become a Christian. I'm going to be a follower. Not just in name, but I'm actually going to be a follower. I'm not going to be like that church who thought they were Christian that Jesus talked about and didn't actually live it out. I'm going to be a follower of Christ today. I want you to just pray that. If you make that decision, we'd love to talk to you in the lobby. There's some resources we want to get you. But you need to come to church, sit under the preaching of the word, and be spiritually formed. Counterculturally, so you can change the world around you. But maybe you have been striving for a blessing, and that is what has cut you off from Jesus. And you're ready to be a blessing. I want you to tell Jesus right now, I'm ready to be a blessing. I'm ready to be a blessing, Lord. I'm ready to be a blessing. I'm ready to be humble. I'm ready to be kind. I'm ready to do justice in my life. Maybe it's going to start with you just being nicer to your spouse. Maybe it's just going to be you being nicer to that lady at the PTA who sets you off. But maybe you're going to start witnessing again. Maybe you're going to start sharing your faith again. Maybe you're going to start leading people to Christ. I don't know. But I believe we're all at a place today where God is calling us to some deeper level of commitment. So we're going to sing this as a prayer that we give ourselves.
listen some of you just keep playing some of you this is for you and you need to come forward right now and just decide I'm, 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 today I'm giving my life back to Jesus I'm giving myself away so God can use me so I can flow in his grace flow in his mercy you know God is doing something in your heart I want to lay hands on you I want to agree with what God is doing in your life I want you to come forward and line up right here and then we're going to sing the song come on give myself
love you today. And we would ask, Lord, that you would, you would hear these commitments we made today. And you would give us the grace that it takes to walk this out. That you would be the power behind what we do. We would not operate out of self-righteousness. We would not operate out of self-ambition. We would not operate out of seeking what the, what the world is seeking. But we would seek your kingdom. We would seek your kingdom. Let me pray for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance on you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Go on, give a clap off for the Lord. Real quick, Zoe is going off to college. Come on up, Zoe. We're going to pray for you really quick. And she, She's leaving. We all know it's not God, but that's all right. We're gonna bless her anyways. Come on up quickly, Zoe. Come on up. Come on up. Stretch your hand to Zoe. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just bless her in her goings. Father, we declare that her studies would be prosperous, that your favor would go with her, that she would find a, 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 a church there that preaches the gospel, a community that she can bless, that she would be a blessing to. Father, your 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 word says, Blessed shall be your comings and your goings, and we declare that she leaves with blessings in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all God's people said amen amen and amen we love her give her a clap offering amen God bless you have a great day I look forward to meeting you in the lobby if I've not met you before